All right, guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Revelation. Now, the last time we were here, we were dealing with the rise of the Antichrist, who is referred to in chapter 13 as the beast that comes from the sea. And also we dealt with the false prophet whose function was to encourage or to get people, mankind, to worship the beast as the Antichrist. Now, what is also important to remember is in the very sense of the name Antichrist, he is one who will refer to himself as the true Christ, the true Messiah. And the function, as we said earlier, concerning the false prophet, he will be acting in a sense as the Holy Spirit. That is, he will be encouraging people to uh, worship the Antichrist as the true Messiah of God. And so what we have in chapter 13 is the whole, the unholy Trinity, the Antichrist. Or let me just start as we should start properly. The Satan acting as the father. He is the father of the Antichrist, the beast, who is himself the Antichrist acting as the Christ, the son and the false prophet. Uh, with his whole function as encouraging people to worship the beast, the Antichrist, he is functioning as the Holy Spirit. And so that's basically what we saw happening in chapter 13, as well as the, the false prophet coming in to get people to take this 666, that is the name of the beast, the Antichrist, on their forehead or their right hand. This basically symbolizes that they accept the Antichrist as the true Christ. They accept the Antichrist as God. And so this is the whole issue of that 666. And this we will see will be very important when we move into chapter 14. Okay, so now with that, let's go on in chapter 14. Then I looked and behold, the lamb was standing on Mount Zion. And with him, 144,000 having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders and no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. These are the ones who have not been defiled with women, for they have kept themselves chaste. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These have been purchased from among men as first fruits to God and to the lamb. And no lie was found in their mouth. They are blameless. Now. This particular section can seem confusing, but what you have to keep in mind is the whole issue that we've been discussing about the Antichrist, the beast. And so and with that, what John is going to do is John is going to give uh, a, a, a look forward in the victory of those who have overcome the beast. But we'll get into all of that as we talk about these verses in particular. So now let's look at what John says. So now he transports us, and it's key to understand this particular point in verse number one, Mount Zion. And so what he sees, verse number one, is the lamb that is Jesus. So 
<laughs> Let me slow it down. Jesus, John has projected us to the second coming of Jesus. So that's where we are now. He has now moved forward in time. Remember, as we were dealing with the beast, the Antichrist, we were in the throes of the of the tribulation, even the great tribulation. OK, so this is where we were pretty much beginning that particular time period as we were looking in Revelation 13, the rise of the Antichrist. All right. But what John has done now is he has projected us in chapter 14 forward beyond the great tribulation to the second coming of Jesus Christ. See, he has skipped all of the, the all of that stuff that deals with Jesus coming back on the cloud, his destroying the Antichrist and all of that. He skipped forward to that because there is a point that John is trying to make. He's and the point that John is making is victory. And the reason why John is trying to make that victory is during the rise of the Antichrist and during that time in the in the great tribulation, there's going to be great judgment from God as well. Primary point here, the persecution that will come from the Antichrist will be so horrific to the peoples of the world, especially to Jews and to anybody who receives Jesus as the Messiah and rejects the Antichrist. The Antichrist will go on a rampage to seek to destroy and to kill all those who reject him at that time. Okay. And so what John is doing here for us by this skip in time, by skipping all of that stuff is he's going to show victory for those who still hold to Jesus Christ even in all, in all of that suffering that the Antichrist is going to try to bring. And that's what John is trying to do. And that's why it seems a little bit confusing here. So let me return back, talk about these particular passages, and you'll see exactly what I'm trying to say. So notice Jesus is standing on Mount Zion. That means literal, physical Jerusalem on Mount Zion in Jerusalem in the second coming. And notice he talks about those 144,000 men. Remember earlier, after after he got John, that is, got through writing about the things concerning the churches and all of the destruction that, were, that was to come. John asked the question, who would be able to stand? That is, who would be who would be able to endure all of the tragedies that would befall the earth during the tribulation period? Who can withstand all of these judgments? And then he talked about those 144,000, 12,000 men from each tribe uh, of Israel, the 144,000. These were sealed and kept throughout the duration of the great of the tribulation. And so he returns to talk about these particular 144,000 Jewish men once again in their praise to God and to the lamb. Okay. And so here's what verse number two is all about. That voice that he heard from heaven from sounding like many waters and loud thunder and the harpists that are now playing. So this is the instance of praise and worship that will be engaged in, uh, by these 144,000 men. And notice he said, they sang the 144,000 unique. And this is something that is unique about these 144,000 men. 
They sing a song of worship to God and the lamb that only they can sing, only they they can learn. And that's when it talks about verse number three, singing a song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. Remember those four living creatures that surrounded the throne of God and the elders, the 24 elders in heaven. So this is a song of worship, both to God and to Jesus that no one could learn except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. And the idea of that being purchased from the earth takes us all the way back to the ceiling of those 144,000 that we talked about earlier in Revelation. Now, what is also key to remember is this ceiling is taking place. This, and when we say ceiling, this choosing this electing of these 144,000 men for service to Jesus takes place after the rapture of the church. So let's keep our times. We got to keep that in our mind, keep it correct in our minds. What happens? The church is raptured from the earth. It is taken away at that particular time. It's important for you to see nobody is saved because the church is raptured. So all who are believers are now gone. Nobody is saved. What God does according to his own will for his own, according to his own grace. This is the very meaning and definition of grace. It is done by God's sovereign choice. He chooses 144,000 Jewish men. We know their purpose and function will be evangelists throughout the earth and they will live for the entire duration of the tribulation. They will be here on earth when Jesus returns and they will also greet him as well. But the point is they are chosen after their, the church has been raptured and these men are saved. Okay. And this is what it means by they have been purchased by God. But let me finish the point of this section. It gives us about four uh, points concerning these 144,000 men. First of all, it said they were not defiled by women. They have kept themselves chaste. Now, that idea of kept themselves chaste, that's really not the best definition for the word that it uses is parthenoi, which means virgins. Now, the idea is the same. But what we need to see is these are men who are not just simply chaste, who have not done any sexually immoral thing, but can be married. No, these are men who have never been married. They are Parthenoi. They are virgins. So they are virgins. And then it says they they follow the lamb wherever he goes. This gives us the idea that they are obedient to Jesus and are strict followers of him. They are faithful. They are faithful to Jesus. Now, what we also have to see in the background of all of these things, even as we are in chapter 14, is the halo or, or the teaching of the Antichrist is still here. We're still on the subject of the Antichrist. Okay. And this is the whole point. The Antichrist in all of his fury to force the world to follow him and accept him as the true God. There are going to be peoples in the world, namely these 144,000 
as well as other peoples in the world, saints who will not accept the Antichrist as God and he will come after them in all of his fury. OK, so what is going on here is not only are we discussing the 144,000 Jews, Jewish evangelists in the world who are faithful to Christ, but they are faithful to Christ in the onslaught under the onslaught of the Antichrist. No matter what he does, there are still people who are faithful to Jesus and all of that. And this is going to be developed as we move out, move throughout the text. OK, so let's just talk about those points again on the end on the hundred and forty four thousand. They are virgin men. They are faithful to Jesus in all things. And they, again, they have been purchased from among men as the first fruits of God. OK, and this is beautiful. It goes again to the point that I was trying to tell you earlier. Notice they are they have been purchased from among men. They are saved, saved from among the human population. But here's your key as the first fruits of God. First fruits means the ones to come earlier, the earliest ones to come. So the earliest ones to be saved once the church itself is raptured. So the point here is the hundred and forty four thousand Jewish men. We talked about all of that earlier who were sealed by God are the very first of mankind who are saved after the church is raptured. And that's the point here. OK. And then in verse number five, it says, and no lie was found in their mouths for they are blameless. And, and that just simply says, it doesn't mean they have never sinned and all of that is simply a statement of principle fact that these are indeed faithful and saved men. They are truly faithful to Jesus as Messiah. Now, remember what we were saying earlier is that all of this is taking place as we under the theme of the Antichrist and his uh, uh, fury in forcing all of mankind to receive the mark on their right hand. Remember 666 and all this is, is the number of his name. What it means again, let's do a little short review of this, is that those who receive the mark of the beast, 666, number of his name, they are simply saying, I accept the Antichrist as God, namely, specifically as the Messiah, that is, as who Jesus truly is. They accept him as God in the flesh and they give their allegiance to him, his, his, to that he is, that the Antichrist is God as well as his system of government. And this is important. And anyone who does not receive the mark of the beast. Remember in chapter 12, what happens? If you do not receive the mark of the beast, you will be put to death. Chapter 14, but there is a group and they symbolize the faithful of Jesus. That when the faith, that means those who remain in the world, who reject the antichrist and remain faithful to Jesus. These 144,000 men lead, lead in that sense of those who are faithful to Jesus, who reject the Antichrist and will remain faithful to Jesus during the horrific onslaught, the murder, the beheading and everything that would be taking place by the Antichrist, those who follow him and his kingdom. OK, so, so that's the issue here. Rejection 
of the Antichrist by a unique group of people. So now we see the 144,000. Now let us continue. And here's where we'll see as the, the 144,000, they, re they reject the Antichrist. And in principle form, in principle form, we'll also see others who will reject the Antichrist. But we'll also begin to see here is the judgment. And this is what's going on in the rest of chapter 14 that we're going to deal with in this particular video. In chapter 14, verses 6 through 13, that's where we're going to stop. Verse number 13. But what happens? Here's the judgment. What happens if you receive the Antichrist, if you receive the mark of the beast, if you bow down to the Antichrist as the Messiah of God? Verse number six. And I saw another angel flying in the midst, flying in midheaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of water. And another angel, I tell you, what, let me stop there and deal with these first angels because we're going to see three particular angels with three particular messages concerning mankind and how it relates to the Antichrist, who he's who, who he is declaring himself to be. That is the true Messiah. OK. And what happens to people in that time point in particular? Another angel flying in midheaven. Now, whether or not this is a literal angel with a message flying in the midst of heaven or not, I'm not certain that it's a possibility because I do believe in the literal meaning of scripture or whether or not, even though this it, it is, it is pictured as an angel. Okay. But the message of the angel is also a message that will be carried of the 144,000. Remember, we said that these men will be witnesses of Jesus, of the true Messiah. All right. So whether it is an angel, very possible, likely, or, or the message of these evangelists. And I think that is also a possibility. It could actually be both. Okay. So I really don't know exactly or specifically, but nevertheless, it's the content that is most important here, I believe. So notice what it says. He had a message of an eternal gospel. Notice the message here is not the gospel. That is so much saying, remember the gospel is Jesus is the Messiah, one sent by God in the flesh and Jesus is the son of God. So he is the son. The son of God means that Jesus is God. It is always a title of Jesus's deity. Son of God is a title of Jesus deity. So Jesus is Messiah, one who come in the flesh, son of God, God who came in flesh, one who died for our sins, rose from the dead. That is the message of the gospel that saves people. OK. And so but this is not so much what the angel is declaring in verse number six. This gospel message that the angel is declaring is 
Verse number seven, he says, fear God and give him glory. So notice what is going on. It is the very opposite contradistinction, opposite of what the Antichrist is declaring. The Antichrist is declaring what? He is the true God and that everybody should fear him and give him glory. So the angel of God, we see with the first message, the first angel comes and says, the Antichrist is a liar. He is not God. He is not the Messiah. He is not the true one who has come. There is a true God that you have been hearing about. Namely, can I say from the 144,000 hear and fear that God and give that God glory. And notice it gives a warning statement. Why? Because the hour of God's glory has come. Remember, we've already been talking about and we're not going to review it all the seals and the trumpet judgments. OK, and so now we're in the mid part. We're in the very latter part of the tribulation. And it is during the latter part of the tribulation, which is why we call it the great tribulation, that God really begins to punish the inhabitants on the earth. And remember, it was that statement that Jesus said it is because of the great tribulation that had God not cut those that moment, that time period shortened, no flesh would survive. No human would even live through that. It's just too horrific. So again, that's why the angel is giving a warning. He says, do not listen to the Antichrist because God is going to judge you because of judge those who do. And that time period for God's judgment has come. And that's why he says the true God who did what? who made the heavens and the earth, not the Antichrist or whatever lie he's peddling at the time. And also noted the God who made the sea, the springs of water, because we already know it was during the trumpet judgment that God had already did what? He had judged the earth in destroying springs and seas of water during that time. But we don't have time to rehatch that. All right, so now let us go to the second witness or the second angel who would be appearing during the time for the rise of the Antichrist. Verse number eight. And another angel, a second one followed saying, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her immorality. So now we have a second angel giving a, and see, notice, notice what I said testimony. They are bearing witness to the inhabitants of the earth. The first is a warning. Do not worship the Antichrist. Now the second angel comes <clears throat> saying fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Remember Babylon will become the center for the Antichrist worship center. That's where the Antichrist will be in a literal city of Babylon somewhere in Southern Iraq. OK, and we don't have time to get into all of that right now, but nevertheless, his seat of power. So, again, the reference is to the Antichrist. Don't worship the Antichrist and tell me about this fabulous. And we're going to talk about that even more so in chapter 17 and 18. This fabulous kingdom of the Antichrist, this glorious and wealthy kingdom that all the world will be saying, oh, my God, this is such a great kingdom. Oh, my God, the Antichrist is such a great person. Oh, my God, the Antichrist. Oh, my God, the Antichrist. He's just wonderful. He's a and notice what the angel says. It will 
fall. And notice he gives a guarantee by saying that it has already fallen. And here's the thing that you need to see. Even though the king, the Antichrist is at the height of his power. OK, that's where he is. His kingdom is at the height of his glory. But according to God, it's already been destroyed. That is, without a doubt, I guarantee you the kingdom of the Antichrist will fall. So therefore, it becomes a warning. Do not serve him. Do not believe in him. Don't become enchanted by all of this wonderful stuff of the kingdom of the Antichrist because it guaranteed it will fall. OK. And then it gives a reference again that made all the nations drink. And that simply means to influence the Antichrist will not only by force, force people, but he will also influence kings and rulers to follow him. All right. And to talk and the end of that statement talks about the wine of the passion. And I, I don't know because that word is not. It, it has passion, but verse number eight, that word thumu, deals with wrath, the wine of the, I think it has to do with the wrath of immorality. And then when it talks about immorality, it's not talking about sexual immorality. It basically means idolatry because idolatry is often, you see that in the Old Testament all the time, uh, the, the reference, the spiritual sim symbolism of idolatry is always talked about in the sense of immorality to 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 to, to go against God, to leave God in that sense is to commit adultery against God, to leave Christ or that the true teaching that Jesus alone is the Messiah is to go in idolatry or immorality, adultery against him. So the whole idea is the Antichrist is moving people to accept him as the true God, God in the flesh, Messiah. This becomes adultery against the true God. And so that's why they call it the uh, passion of her immorality. OK, so I hope you guys hope you guys got that one pretty good. All right. So now we've had two angels. But notice again, everything is about the Antichrist. Don't fool with the Antichrist. Why? The first angel says, because the hour of his judgment has come. You got it. The hour of his judgment has come. The second angel says, and that judgment is guaranteed by God. So now let's look at the third angel as we finish this section. Then another angel, third one, followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, right. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit so that they may rest from their labors for their deeds. Follow them. All right. So now we've been dealing with 
these witnesses. That, that's the function of the angels. First angel comes as a witness warning against the kingdom of the Antichrist. That is, do not believe in him. Do not accept him. Second angel comes and says, because the Antichrist, as well as his kingdom, are doomed to fall. And so that's where we move into our third angel, which would be our third witness. Okay. And so now we come explicitly talking about the beast. So now we see our connection. So notice again, here's, uh, let me make a pause. Remember the 144,000? You said, well, why would, would, would John, that is God give John in the revelation, move us past to 144,000 return of Jesus completely skips all of the rest of the great tribulation because he was emphasizing the message, no matter how bad it will be during the Antichrist time, the persecutions and things that will come. And we're about to talk about that right now. We, the saints of God, the people of God will overcome. And so he projects us into the future to see those 144,000 men. What 144,000? The men who were saved at the beginning of the tribulation, they will continue to the end of the tribulation to the return of Jesus and be here with some remaining, that is the believers of humanity, some remainers of humanity to worship Christ when he come. In other words, all will not be lost. The Antichrist will not have the final victory but the saints of God. So this comes to encourage us. Now we understand why those first four, what is it? For us, uh, seven verses, four verses concerning the 144,000 were talked about to let us know we'll overcome in the end. But now let's just simply get to this third angel that we're talking about here. And so this third one that follows and consider the angels as witnesses, right? And he comes to give a final warning, warning. And he says, what? Verse number nine. If anyone worships the beast or his image receives the mark on his forehead. So again, if you receive the Antichrist as the Messiah, you worship him. And which means to worship him as God, to worship him as God, to receive him like Jesus, who is God man, because that's going to be his big lie. He is the God man. He is not. But if you do, what happens? What will be the consequences of receiving the Antichrist? Verse number 10, he will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And this statement just simply the wine of the wrath, the remainder of the great tribulation will be God. Remember what Jesus said? If God had not relented and not stopped the judgments that he's bringing upon the world, no flesh would survive it. That's what it means by the wrath of God. Notice that you would drink of the wine of the wrath. God is going to literally pour it out on you. He's going to kick your butt to all those who receive the Antichrist as their God. And how would they make this known? They receive the mark 666 of the Antichrist on the right hand or on their four heads. Okay. And so it goes on to emphasize the, 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 how tough God's wrath will be upon those at that time by using such statements as his wrath that is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And then it says in the end, God will kill all those who believe in the antichrist. It says, 
such ones who receive the mark of the beast, he will be tormented with fire and brimstone, presence of the holy angels, presence of the lamb. That is Gehenna. That is hell itself. And the only time that people go to hell is after they die. So the result of those who receive the mark of the beast is they're not only going to be punished and suffer insufferably during the remainder of the great tribulation, it will lead to their deaths by God himself and they will be sentenced to hell. And how do you know? Verse number 11 lets us know it even clearly. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. This is hell. So after they have been punished severely upon the earth during the great tribulation, they will die and go to hell. Again, he emphasizes that point. He, this angel is driving it home so that you cannot say, I didn't know. I, I, I had no idea that this would be the result. He says, once again, whoever worships the beast and, and his image and receives the mark of his name. So he makes it very clear. So we have three angels. And I like that idea. Don't you like that idea? In the mouth of what does God say? Two or three witnesses. And that's how these angels are functioning as witnesses to warn all of humanity. Whatever you do, do not fool with the Antichrist. Don't receive his mark. Do not worship him as the Messiah, as God, man. He is a liar because the end result will be number one, his kingdom will fall. And number two, you will suffer and will be sent to hell by God himself. All right. And so now let's get into verse number 12 and 13. Remember, let's do a little semi-reflection back on those 144,000. Why did God give John that picture? To let you know it's going to be rough on everybody who wants to, who chooses to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and Jesus is the Son of God. What will the Antichrist do? He'll try to force everybody to worship him, take the mark of his name, and if you don't, you will die. Here is now that reflection of that thought. Here is the perseverance, verse number 12, of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, what? Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, so that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow with them. And you can feel that. You can feel that. Notice what he says. Here is the perseverance of the saints who keeps the commandments of God and faith. That's that. That's the point. Faith in Jesus. Perseverance of the saints. These are people who said, no, I reject the Antichrist. I will not receive the mark on my on my forehead or whatever. I don't want to have nothing to do with him. Is it what do you believe? I believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the son of God and they will be persecuted. That's why I said perseverance of the saints, because if you don't receive the Antichrist, you die, you die. And remember, it also said, remember early in chapter 13, that the system of the Antichrist will be set up also in as an economic system. Let me take you back to that specific where they said it. They will not be able if you could, the, the, the false prophet will cause if you don't receive the mark of the beast, you will not. Verse number 17, that no one will be able to buy or sell 
except the ones who had the mark of the beast. So if you can't buy, you can't pay your bills. You can't buy food. You can't buy clothes. How in the world can you survive? So now let's go back to that statement again. Here is the perseverance of the saints. The saints will go through a very difficult time because it will be almost be nearly impossible for true believers to survive at that time. Now, do you see why verse 12 says what it says? Why? Because of their notice, they keep the commandments of God, their faith in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I reject the Antichrist. Verse number 13. And so now we see that sympathetic voice from God comes because so many Christians will die doing this many Many Christians. Okay. Do you remember when we saw in the seal judgment? I forget which seal in particular. I'm thinking it was the fifth seal. And he said when he rolled back that particular seal, he saw those who had died because of their faith in Christ Jesus. So many voices. Remember, they kept saying, Lord, how long until you avenge those jokers on the earth, the Antichrist and those who support him. So you have so many Christians who will be persecuted and killed, murdered by the Antichrist because they reject him. Verse number 13 says this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. When it says in the Lord, it's not talking about the father. The Lord is always a name for Jesus who died because of their faith in Jesus. They rejected the Antichrist. And what did he do? He put them to death. But God says, that's all right. That's all right that you died for Jesus name. It's a blessing to do so for notice from now on as the Antichrist rises to power. See it now from now on. He kills everybody. You believe in Jesus. You are dead. But God said, blessed are you. And then he said, notice what the Holy Spirit comes and confirms that blessing. Yes, it is a blessing. So no matter what, hold on to Jesus during this horrific time. And notice, and in your death, you held to Jesus, you can now rest from your labors and God will remember what you have done for his son's sake. You died in the Lord, rest from your labors and your deeds follow after you. So. In this particular section, as we wrap it up, it was basically giving warning to those, to the inhabitants of the earth, to everybody. Do not believe the Antichrist. Do not buy what he is selling, that he is the Messiah, that he is God in the flesh. Because if you do, you will taste of the judgments from God with severity. In the end, God will kill you, sentence you to hell. But also it gives a statement that there will be great suffering for those who hold to Jesus. They will die for their faith. They will die for it because the Antichrist is going to seek them out and try to kill everyone who rejects him as God, especially Jewish people. But nevertheless, it is still a blessing to hold on to Jesus. Do not receive the Antichrist. And that's where that section ends with the three warnings from those witnesses who are angels. All right, guys, catch you next time.